You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, this is it. This is the first official preseason game. I want to remind everybody, um, assuming everything goes according to plan, we will have a um, watch party today. Packernet Podcast YouTube channel, also going to be on the Facebook page, um, be streaming on Twitter, but just to watch along, come hang out. I'm not sure if it's just going to be me or if other people are going to be able to jump in and out, um, but that is the plan for today. And then immediately following that, um, you're going to have Clayton is going to be hosting an after party, and he's going to have, I believe Jacob's going to be on with him. I'm planning on jumping on for a little bit. I told him I'm probably going to be fried from doing a full stream beforehand and podcasts and everything else beforehand. So, um, you know, I'm trying to commit to about a half hour of, of hanging out with him, but lots and lots of content um, with this preseason game. And that's what we're talking about today. So I want to look at, I asked some questions for uh, the patrons and also on Twitter just to see what they had to say on the topics, but getting some feedback on what people are looking for. I want to kind of go through some of my thoughts generally, but then I also want to spend some time um, looking in the rear view mirror. I want to look back at last year, just to, just for the sake of perspective, um, just to get an idea of who did what and how well, and just for fun. Why don't we start with this? Because I want to get rid of this tab that's been sitting here forever. I want to look at Trey Lance because Trey is supposed to play tomorrow. A um, lot of concern about that in terms of, first of all, we're going to have a lot of our backups probably going up against their starting quarterback. And there's going to be a lot of fear and trepidation about this guy lighting us up. Um, I don't care that it's preseason. Maybe it's not going to bother you, but I'm going to have a problem sitting and watching the 49ers carve up the Green Bay Packers. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying if it does, I'm not going to like it because it's the 49ers beating the Packers, and I'm just I'm just not ready to handle that right now. On top of that, again, if I were to put Trey Lance into a box and compare him to a quarterback that is either you know playing or recently played, I would have to put him with Colin Kaepernick. And we all understand how much that guy hurt us. And if this guy takes off and runs and does all this, I'm just, I'm not going to be super thrilled with that. But just to be clear, Trey Lance also played last preseason. And let's just say it didn't go super well for Mr. Lance. Last year, the first week of preseason, on 20 dropbacks, he passed the ball 14 times and only completed five of those passes. He had a completion percentage of 35.7%. He didn't uh, throw any interceptions. He had one touchdown on those five completions. But he did have three turnover-worthy plays, which is 15% of his passes. Furthermore, as a rusher, he really didn't do it. And that makes sense. They probably tell him, especially in the preseason, please don't. I don't need you running around the field getting hurt in the the preseason. But he had zero rushing attempts and one fumble in that game. 
Now, that's a little bit unfair to pick on him in his first preseason action. He's had a little bit of regular season action since. But um, just as a reminder, the guy hasn't been a very good football player. He did play against Green Bay in the past. He didn't complete any passes, but he came out for one rushing attempt and gained one yard. On the season, he had a 59 overall grade, 61 passing grade, a 56 rushing grade, which again, every time somebody runs fast, you assume that he's going to be this great rushing quarterback. Um, Again, Kyler Murray was one of the worst rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. Dude is blazing fast. But he completed 41 of his 71 attempts, 57% completion percentage, 600 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions, um, 3.9 big throw percentage, 4.3% turnover-worthy play percentage. As far as turnover-worthy, that's 14th worst in the NFL. Now, to be clear, I'm not just going over this for the sake of hopefully getting hyped up for the possibility of us embarrassing Trey Lance in the preseason and our guys having a good day and potential interceptions and all this kind of stuff. This is the 49ers quarterback. This is not their backup quarterback. This is this is the 49ers going forward. If this guy's great, that really really sucks. If he's dis- if he's a disaster, that is amazing news. Believe it or not, there's actually somebody out there that is uh David Lombardi is tracking all the 49ers quarterbacks in all of their um every, every single play, every single pass, every single everything for all the quarterbacks. And so I have every single thing for Trey Lance here. As of right now, Trey Lance is 89 of 169 with six interceptions in camp. 52.7% completion rate, 3.6% interception rate. Just for reference, there are um, three quarterbacks, Lance, Sudfield, and Purdy. The completion percentages for for this period, Sudfeld 74.1%, Purdy 68.5%, Lance 52.7%. Based on just completion percentages, he is kind of by far the worst quarterback. Now, he's going up against number ones as opposed to number twos and all that stuff, but still, that isn't great. I mean, it is for us, not for them. He also is the worst in the red zone. He's the only quarterback to throw an interception in the red zone. And as far as completion percentages, Sudfeld 77%, Purdy 86%, Lance 44% completion percentage. And so if you've been paying attention at all, you've heard me do several updates on Trey Lance over the, the, the days and weeks, and it's not been great. He got tweets like this, Trey Lance just completed four of 12 passes and threw an interception to Fred Warner. Two passes were dropped, George Kittle, Trent, blah, 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 blah. This, for example, is a very interesting article by the San Francisco Chronicle, which is very hard to follow um, in terms of not really knowing where the sarcasm ends and the actual commentary begins, but... Why Trey Lance's bad camp is a first step on 49ers' path to Super Bowl victory. If you like conspiracy theories, here's one you might enjoy. In the San Francisco 49ers training camp practice Sunday, head coach Kyle Shanahan had Trey Lance throw a bunch of wild passes, including an interception and a should-have-been pick that was dropped, in order to fool opposing coaches and lower everyone's expectations. No sense putting enemy coaches on red alert, right? Give Lance a chance to sneak up on the league in his first season as the designated starter. In this theory, if this theory is valid, it's great news for 49ers fans because this is the type of a mind game a coach will play if he believes he has some uh, something special. The 49ers are loaded, and a sizzling training camp by Lance would have the football world buzzing by uh, about the team's Super Bowl prospects. Who needs that pressure? With Lance's clunker performance Sunday, the 49ers' only Super Bowl buzz is right here, where we predict a Vinny, as in Vince Lombardi trophy. 
If you don't believe in conspiracy theories, what about omens? On Sunday, Lance was throwing passes that only Bob Euchre could describe as just a bit high. I don't think that's the thing, but that's fine. It was the worst performance, passing performance, at a 49ers practice since 2019 when Jimmy Garoppolo threw five interceptions in a row, which is impossible. Then, he led the 49ers to a 13-3 regular season record and a Super Bowl appearance. This team is better than that team. This quarterback is better than that quarterback. I'm going to stop there because, again, I, I can't tell how much of this is sarcasm. Like, if this is honest analysis, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen ever. But I have to assume the San Francisco Chronicle is something somewhat reputable. I have no idea. They've got that fancy typeface, and it says Chronicle with, you know, like a major city. So I'm just assuming. Could be just a rag. I have no idea. But um, first of all, Trey Lance is not better than Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) I don't know why everybody keeps saying that. It's true he may become that, just like Jordan Love may become the greatest quarterback in all of human history. Let's, let's go ahead and get all the caveats out of the way, because I know some people like to just bring up random facts in the middle of making a point. Trey Lance has never, ever, ever done anything productive or positive, ever. He has never once had a game graded as, as good, ever. He couldn't get the starting job, and when they tried to give him the job, they immediately pulled him because he was so bad at football. I don't know what this ridiculous narrative is. This is, this is similar to the Justin Fields thing where there's no reason for it, but all we're hearing is this hype about how great he's going to be. And I don't understand it. It's as if the 49ers are basically projecting that this is true, and everyone's like, must be true. They're shipping off Jimmy Garoppolo because he was horrific, and because Trey Lance is so much better. Okay. What is one thing Trey Lance has ever done that's good ever? Ever. Because I can tell you about Jimmy Garoppolo. I can tell you about a 49ers team that was like a three-win team when Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't there and went to the Super Bowl when he was healthy. I can tell you about that guy. And if everybody wants to keep playing stupid games about how it's just obviously going to be so much better because this team is clearly better than that team, which is not clear to me at all. I don't think their offensive line is better. I think most of their elite talent is just getting older. Jimmy Garoppolo was literally the second highest graded player on the entire offense after George Kittle. But yeah, we can just pretend he was the problem. He was holding this team back. Higher than Debo Samuel, higher than Kyle Juszczyk, higher than Matt Breida, higher than Joe Joe Staley, the tackle, higher than Emmanuel Sanders and Mike McGlinchey. Basically, all those running backs are gone, by the way. Highest graded defensive player was Eric Armstead. He had a freakish year and has never replicated that since, so he's not as good as he was. That was just a one-off. Second highest graded player is Richard Sherman. He is not there anymore, obviously. Then you have Nick Bosa, who's still there. Then you have D. Ford, who is not there anymore. Then you have Jimmy Ward, who had his one elite year. You know, so every once in a while, there's, there's that one spike year. And here's the thing. A lot of times, defenses, like we saw with the Bears in 2018, everybody spikes at the same time because everything's kind of coming together just right. So everybody had their spike, and they're not going to have that again. Jimmy Ward is not going to be that good ever again. But anyways, we're, we're getting off into the weeds. I just, I just can't stand this team. I can't stand the narrative. I'm so tired of, like, oh, we're, we're, we're better than that 29. No, you were not. That was such a flukish year in which everything came together and you had guys on the team that are no longer on the team. Like I said, like Richard Sherman, who was one of the main driving factors in the success of your team. And you know what else was a major driving factor? Jimmy Garoppolo. So long story short, I want the Packers to embarrass Trey Lance. I want our pass rushers to absolutely destroy Trey Lance. I want our corners and our our, our DBs and our linebackers to swarm every single ball that gets in the air. 
Speaking of, just so we're clear on who it is that's going to be available to assault Trey Lance and the 49ers, um, Matt LaFleur had gathered together a big group of players, veteran players at the middle of the field. This was after their last training camp. And the assumption is these are the guys that will not be playing. If that is the case, there will be no Rashawn Gary. There will be no Preston Smith. There will be no Jair Alexander or Adrian Amos. There will be no Jaron Reed or Dean Lowry. No Eric Stokes. No Devondre Campbell. No Kenny Clark. And I think that's it. So what does that leave us? Defensive tackles will be Wyatt Slayton and Heflin, along with uh, Byers Ford Slayton, the other Slayton. Pass rushers were going to be... Um, Tipa, Garvin, Ramsey, Hamilton, and Agbar, which would be super awesome if we can get him. Just just get one good play out of him. You know how much I'm going to freak out if that dude gets a sack in that game? I'm going to be so excited. Um, linebackers, we've got Quay Walker, which, you know, I don't want to overhype the guy, but it's nice that we're basically getting a starter left out there. So you're going to see Quay, and I don't know exactly how they're going to handle this in terms of, are they going to do two linebackers like they're planning? I suppose they might as well, if that's what the plan for what the defensive structure is going to look like. You don't revert back to a different style of defense. You stick with the defense you have, and you substitute Devondre Campbell with probably Chris Barnes. Uh, DB, I don't see Razul Douglas. Is that is he on this list? I don't see him. Maybe somebody just forgot his name, or I'm just not seeing him on here. But maybe Razul Douglas would be out there. Stokes, Amos Savage. Uh, Savage? Savage? Although, he, he might be injured, too. So, um I don't know. Fingers crossed, man. I mean, I, I know our starters would, would absolutely tear this team up. As far as backups, it's going to be a little bit of a stretch, but I'm excited about Quay. I'm excited about Wyatt and Slayton. Um, I think we can get something out of Tipa, Garvin, ha- uh, Hamilton, and Ramsey. I know it's not the greatest group in the world, but I think I think we could probably get enough out of them. Uh, big question is, is what, of our, what are our DBs going to be able to do? You know, going up against, I don't know if all their number ones are going to be out there. I'm guessing they're going to want to protect some of their guys, but I'm hoping Rico, Shamar, you know, Sean Davis has been having a couple good days. I am hopeful. On the offensive side, since we're on the topic, there's no Jones and Dylan, which is expected. So probably get a healthy dose of Dexter, Goodson, and Baylor, maybe Patrick Taylor. I'm not entirely sure. Hopefully for his sake. I mean, it's a competition, so I don't know why you wouldn't put him out there if he's, if he's available. He's obviously not got this position locked up. Healthy dose of Jordan Love. Um, there will be no Alan Lazard, no Randall Cobb. No Sammy Watkins, which, you know, if, if, if I haven't mentioned it before, the assumption is if they're not going to put him out there to compete, it's because he already has the job. So the potential of him not making the roster seems to be not a thing. So all of our starting three guys, Lazard, Watkins, and Cobb, will not be out on the field. That's going to pave the way for, number one, Romeo Dobbs, number two, Amari Rogers, and then probably Juwan Winfrey. That will be your starting three guys with a healthy dose of Malik Taylor, Samori Ture, Danny Davis, Ishmael Hyman. Um, other guys not out there, Mercedes Lewis. And is that it? I think that's it. It's mostly defenders, I guess, that aren't out there. So that, that offensive line is going to be out there. They may, you know, shorten it a bit, especially with the injuries we already have. Last thing you want to do is have a guy like John Runyon or Josh Myers go down, which something else that needs to be mentioned maybe is um, maybe how underrated John Runyon is. I feel like football people really like John Runyon. You know, SIS, if you look at their stuff, even PFF, not, not a huge fan overall, but pass blocking, they've got him as one of the best pass blockers. SIS absolutely loves John Runyon. I just retweeted on, on Twitter recently, sometime yesterday, um, a guy that said, you know, they're, they're two of the most underrated left guards in the entire NFL. 
One is Jonah Jackson of the Detroit Lions, and one is John Runyon of the Green Bay Packers. And he said, I think that these guys are going to make a name for themselves after this year. So it's one of those things where they had a great year. Nobody noticed yet, but they're going to get noticed this year. So we'll, we'll get that normal um, offensive line probably of Yash, Runyon, Myers, Jake Hansen at right guard, and then Royce at right tackle would be my assumption. And then obviously we'll see a healthy dose of Zach Tom getting mixed in um, with probably with, you know, because I, I'm guessing guys like Myers and Runyon will get pulled first and, and Royce. Uh, maybe some of the other guys like, yeah, I don't know about Yash, but Jake Hansen probably stay in, maybe move to center, get Sean Ryan into that guard spot, Michael Manette into the other guard spot. And then uh, all the tight ends, aside from Mercedes, I think are going to be out there and, and Tunyon, obviously, because he's hurt. But Josiah, Tyler Davis, Sal Canella, Alizé Mack, Dominique Daphne. So going to be a lot of fun. I want to quickly look at last year's preseason just to kind of give a little bit of an insight into what we saw last year, just again, for the sake of perspective. Packers last year, by the way, got absolutely stomped out 26 to 7. Overall offensive grades, a lot of guys played. You had 25 offensive players. Seven of them had good grades. Jay Sternberger, Cole Van Lannen, Jordan Love, Yash Nyman, Devin Funchess, Malik Taylor, and Royce Newman was number one overall. A lot of kind of 60-ish range guys. The two with the really low grades, though, Lucas Patrick and Patrick Taylor. After that, you had Amari Rogers, Isaac Nauta, Kurt Benkert, um, and DeAndre Tompkins were the lowest grades. Now, again, what, what, what does any of this mean? First of all, although th- th- there's two ways to look at this. I think we overhyped Royce Newman because he had an unbelievable preseason. Absolutely crushed the preseason, like elite. He had an 83.6 overall grade, highest graded player in the preseason. Those grades and that level of play did not translate into the regular season, obviously. However, what it did probably tell us, or should have probably told us, or maybe what it did portray to the Green Bay Packers is this is a good football player who should be given some opportunities. Because he went on to start along our offensive line for the rest of the year. I don't know what he's going to be in the future. But if you see guys like that, because remember, remember at this time last year, we weren't looking at... Ro- Some people really liked Royce, right? There was a lot, kind of like Romeo Dobbs, very similar to that, in fact. There was a lot of talk about, I think this guy's going to be great. I really think this guy's going to be something special. And then he went on to crush in the preseason. And again, it didn't translate, but still, it was enough to where he established himself as the starting, I guess, right guard for the team. Somebody else that you can look at in the same way is Yash Nyman. Again, preseason doesn't directly translate to the regular season, but it's still kind of an indicator that if you look back, you can kind of say, oh, wow, maybe we should have seen it coming. Yash was a guy that hadn't done hardly much of anything. He had had 14 regular season snaps in his entire career prior to this. In the preseason, he ends up week one with a 72.5 overall grade. Um, Preseason week two, 77 overall grade, and then 76 overall grade after that. So three weeks in a row, the guy does a phenomenal job. Overall, 81.5, 73 pass blocking, 82 run blocking grade. And after that, he established himself. Now, maybe it wasn't exactly the preseason, like the Packers sat back, looked at him and said, oh, wow, this guy's actually really good. Maybe we should make him a star. But maybe this is showing us what we're not able to see prior to this, which is to say the Packers probably saw this level of progress already. And so if you're going to bet on somebody, it's worthwhile to kind of watch the guys that are having a really good preseason and don't overreact, which is what a lot of people did. I, I may have too. I don't really remember what my stance was. But don't look at it and say, dude, Royce has been elite as a rookie since day one. Therefore, he's going to be a dominant rookie, you know, in the regular season. But it's not the worst thing to bet on him maybe getting a starting role. 
So let's just say Zach Tom, for an example, has like a, a 90 overall grade through the preseason. If Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are out week one, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to assume or to, to maybe posit that he might actually win a tackle job. Maybe what they would prefer to do is put Yash at left tackle, bump Royce into right guard where he was, and put Zach Tom at right tackle because he did such a phenomenal job. And he may suck when he gets to the regular season, but it's something to kind of keep an eye on. And then on the defensive side of things, um, 26 guys had played as far as good grade 70 or higher. There were seven. Some of them were close, but we'll go with seven. Chauncey Rivers, Chris Barnes, Ray Wilborn, Oren Burks, Ty Summers, Henry Black, and KB Anento. Now, you'll also remember, um, as we were going through this, how shocked I was at how good the linebackers were every week. Starting in the preseason and then even into the regular season, it was something we'd never seen before. Every single week, the linebackers were the worst players. All of a sudden, our linebackers are our best players. Be interested to see if that continues. Quay, Barnes, Summers, Willborn, if those guys end up having some of the best days. But uh, guys that really struggled, Josh Avery, Tyler Lancaster, Kadar Holman, Dominique Martin, Dijon Harris, Josh Jackson, Carlo Kemp, and then uh, Eric Stokes was the next lowest. So nothing all too shocking. The guys at the top are, are guys that are more than likely going to keep their jobs, and they did, right? Ento is still here, Summers, Wilborn, Barnes. And you get down to the bottom, and you got guys that did not exactly make the cut. Avery, Kadar. Kadar Holman, by the way, a 49er right now. But I guess all that to say that there there is... Um, somewhat of a correlation between the guys at the top of the list who had good grades and the guys that you're going to see next year for around this time and the guys on the bottom maybe 50% of them or more probably not going to be around. Carlo Kemp, Josh Jackson, Dijon Harris, Dominique Martin, Kadar Holman, Tyler Lancaster, Josh Avery. How many of the people on that list are still here? The answer is 0. So it is important. And that's not to say you can't, you know, come back week 2, week 3 and tear it up and save your job, but you better show up. So you know, it's, it's, it's hard to envision anyone necessarily like Royce that's going to end up getting that starting role based on how good they were in the regular season and whatnot, um, or in the preseason. And obviously that had to do with injuries and whatnot, but I do think Zach Tom would be one of the guys that I would have circled. Um, Sean Ryan is, is a possibility, and I, and I think more than likely just because we're talking about more of a guard. However, he's got a lot of work to do. He's not even really with the second team right now. Um, I think Tyler Davis could be that guy that launches himself in, in the spot of Robert Tunyon, assuming Robert Tunyon isn't back right away. But again, I think he has a lot of work to do. I don't think Wyatt would be that big of a surprise. I mean, if, if somebody goes down, say, same with Romeo Dobbs, like if, if Watkins got hurt and Dobbs took the job, okay, but that's not like a, oh man, that's shocking. I wouldn't have thought that was going to happen. I think you're more looking at a guy like Kingsley. But again, that's such a big climb. I mean, Royce was second team. So as guys started to go down, he's the natural next fit, you know. But still, I think if there's anything I could cross my fingers for to have a good day, it would probably be the offensive line. Obviously, I want the defense to give the 49ers offense a hard time. But if that offensive line is struggling, if Jordan Love is constantly, I mean, the, the, the problem is it really causes a snowball effect. Outside of just the fact that we have to feel really scared about our offensive line and their ability to play football and what that translates to week one, we're also very unlikely to see a good performance out of Jordan Love if he is just constantly under pressure. We're unlikely to see our running backs have a good day or our tight ends or our wide receivers. And there's going to be a constant narrative from number one negative Packer fans who are just loving this, just reveling in it. 
how bad Jordan Love is. Probably make some stupid comments about the offense without Devontae, even though obviously Devontae wouldn't have been playing in the preseason last year. But also just the general narrative. Again, shouldn't be a narrative because it's the preseason, but there will be. That the Packers offense looks bad. And boy, oh boy, you got no, 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 no. And I just don't want to deal with that. But a stout offensive line, give Jordan Love a clean pocket to operate under. A couple nice running lanes. You know, last year preseason, we scored, I think, seven points against the Texans. So I'm really hopeful that we can do significantly better than that. Anyways, I want to take a break. We'll come back and look at what some of you had to say about the preseason game, your hopes and dreams and expectations. Um, Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 per month. It'd be greatly appreciated if you could do so. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the first question uh, via, let's do this. Let's go with this question first. First preseason game, what are you most looking forward to in this game? Justin, in sync with what I was just saying, how well the offensive line blocks as a unit and how well Jordan Love plays behind that line. Literally what I just got done saying. I think the good news is, granted, this offensive line has looked pretty bad so far in the preseason. I think if you take Yash, Runyon, Myers, Royce, and um, Jake Hansen, and you put them up against a number two unit of, of the San Francisco 49ers, remember, this is one of those instances where we're getting the advantage, whereas other times we usually don't. This is very likely to be our essentially our starting offensive line against what is very possibly and potentially their second string. Not to say they won't have one or two first string guys out there, but anybody that's super dominant. They're Rashawn Gary's, they're Preston Smith's, they're Kenny Clark's. Those guys aren't going to be out there. So I think they're going to have a pretty good opportunity um, to be able to hold up fairly well. 
for example, Bosa's not going to be out there. I would be stunned if Armstead was out there. So, I mean, you're looking at what? Maybe Javon Kinlaw, who's really a terrible first-round pick. And I don't even know if Ibukam would be out there or not. I know Fred Warner's not going to be out there. I, I shouldn't say I know. I mean, I, I would be stunned if Fred Warner was out there. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be their their backup defensive line against what is essentially our, our first-team offensive line, which isn't great. But all that to say, I think they have a really good opportunity to actually put on a good showing, get a little bit more consistent time together, whereas, you know, training camp, you get that one two-minute drill or whatever. This is, this is going to be a little bit more significant, um, significant action. Um, Aaron Miller says no injuries. I think that has to be probably the... Um, I probably should have just put on here, aside from no injuries, because that's obviously the number one thing, getting out of this with no injuries. Uh, Aaron Nelson says, Matt LaFleur game planning to allow Jordan Love to succeed. Certainly, that would be pretty fantastic. Um, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing, again, is going to be protection up front. If he has that, that kind of opens up the playbook a little bit to being able to do more things. And doing more things is going to help open up the playbook, right? It's harder to stop an offense that's doing a lot of different things. It's easy to stop an offense that's only doing one or two things. And if you, if you, have, if you have no ability to stop pressure, we know you have to get the ball out quickly. It's easier to stop that. So again, it all starts up front. But yeah, getting getting some fun stuff with Amari Rogers, Romeo Dobbs, Samori Ture. I want to see some... Mo- I mean, I know it's mostly more vanilla type stuff, but come on, give me something, man. Give me something a little bit more fun. Steve Waltering says what the special teams look like is, is what he's most looking forward to. I absolutely am looking forward to that slash dreading it because one blocked kick, one muffed punt, one anything, and immediately the thought is, well, there we go, typical Packers special teams unit. But I, I am excited, and, and probably ignorantly so. It's probably kind of stupid to expect some some really great things, but I'm excited to see, you know, 4-2-2 Rico Gafford take that, punt, or take that kick off and just fly, you know what I mean? I'm excited to see Amari's, uh, you know, uptick in production. Again, I don't think he was that bad. He, the last time we saw him, he had that, that you know, fumble and everybody freaked out and that was the reason we hated him. But I think it was like the one play before or after that, he had actually a, a one or two really good returns. I, I thought he did some pretty decent things. But um, yeah, getting a chance to see that, seeing some of these guys that Rich Bisaccia has brought in, hopefully hopefully the coverage units do a better job. I, I, I miss that, man. I enjoyed that so much. I know I banged that drum probably way too much, but I miss guys like Jeff Janis. You know, we had such good gunners for such a long time, and everybody thought it was such a stupid thing you know, for me to get so excited about. But you know how awesome that is? To always have a guy, just always, when that ball lands, there's a guy right there, you got to call fair catch. And if you don't, he lights him up every time. I miss that so much. And I hope we can get back to that. It wasn't a perfect special teams. We had some issues, but you give me Trevor, Trevor Davis and Jeff Janis on special teams, heck yeah, dude. There's a couple muff punts involved in that, but that that was a, those were the good old days, man. <laughs> I mean, there were better days, but recent history, that's about as good as I can give you. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And until something horrible happens, I'm going to remain excited. Goose says, watching the young players play, special eye on our early picks and the offensive line. Yeah, I think that's, that's 100% where I'm at. I, I want to see Quay fly around. Um, it's going to be fun to watch him. It's, it's fun, but it's not because he, at the end of the day, he's a linebacker. So like a really fun and exciting play aside from like a, you know, uh, bringing him on a blitz or something is going to be him tackling somebody, you know, at, at two yards deep or something. But still, it's going to be fun to watch. But, you know, Devontae Wyatt, oh man, I, I really hope he has a good day. 
And I'll, I'll give him some grace. I'm sure there's going to be times he's going to get blown off the ball and that's going to be frustrating. And there's going to be some bad snaps. He's going to get hung up and stuck and everything else. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to accept he's, he's going to have some low moments because he's raw. But I just want to get a glimpse of what that ceiling looks like. I just want to see him break through the offensive line and see that closing speed of one of the most athletically freakish human beings get a, a straight line shot at the quarterback. Just let me see it one time. Wombat Mode says, Romeo Dobbs, it would also be nice to see something good from Love, but wouldn't expect too much with the twos against San Francisco's first stringers, but mostly Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, again, I don't know who's going out there all for San Francisco and for how long. You know, I mean, they may say we're going to play all our starters and that's fine, but that could be for a series and then they bring them out and, and we keep our second stringers out there for the first half or whatever. So it'll it'll balance out at some point. But yeah, I mean... It, I think the biggest thing with with some of these guys, especially the ones that are having such a good day, you know, you talk about the defensive line, although we're not really playing our starters, so it doesn't really, but Dobbs in particular is, if he doesn't do this in the preseason, then we, I'm not going to say we don't have any choice, we can choose whatever we want, but there's going to be that thought in the back of our mind that maybe it's all just kind of fake, you know what I mean? You know, maybe it has more to do with Stokes and the rest of these guys just not really doing too good. Plus, Aaron Rodgers obviously being a really good quarterback helps. But, you know, if you are consistently tearing up the Packers secondary, I mean, literally every single day, and your first bad day comes against another team, that's going to be a little frightening. And and we can try to blame Jordan Love and be like, well, if he passed better or this, that, or the other. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a little bit of concern, I guess. So I'm more or less just hoping he doesn't have a bad day. I mean, if he gets open and drops a ball, that seriously sucks. But hey, at least he cooked the guy, right? At least that's still real. We know he has drop issues. Uh, Dan says, I'm guessing this is a question to that statement, but will they risk Dobbs getting hurt or is he already considered first string? He's not first string, he's second string. And yeah, they'll, they'll risk getting him hurt. Um, I don't think they, they have that high of an opinion of Dobbs yet. And he has to he has to get his practice in, and he has to kind of prove himself a little bit more than the other guys. So they're they're going to play him for sure. That would be pretty fantastic, though, if by like you know the second or third game they're like we can't risk it, <laughs> and they start putting him to the side because he really is like that good. That would be fantastic. But yeah, he's he's definitely going to play. Edward Stevens says competent quarterback play from Love, no mad scrambles, tight spirals, good reads. Yeah, I, I agree. And and again, and he also adds no ACLs. Um, that was kind of my thought with Jordan Love. I don't need to see anything special. I don't need to see corner of the end zone. I don't need to see behind the back passes. I don't need to see anything crazy. Just stand in the pocket, make good decisions, good accurate throws to the open man, and drive down the field. That's it. Just move the ball down the field. Take what they're giving you. That's it. If you can do that, I'm happy. I don't care if it's the most boring performance in the history of the world. I don't care if it's 50% at the line of scrimmage or, or below or checkdowns or screens or whatever. I don't really care. Whatever it takes to get a good, clean drive down the field, no errant passes, no interception, don't take us 70 yards down the field and then throw a pick in the end zone. Just get us down the field, and I will be happy with that. Uh, Bearded Buck outdoors. Jacob says, I want to see if this D is for real or how our offensive line plays. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the other thing that's scary too is, is the D for real. But I think that's more to do with narrative because, again, most of our starters are not playing. Lowry, Clark, Reed, Smith, Campbell, Gary, Alexander, Amos, Savage, Stokes. The only two that I think are playing, or or the only one I know is playing is Quay, maybe Rizul Douglas. Not a single other starter, I think, is going to be out there on the field. 
So again, from a narrative standpoint, and I think this will come more from internal than anywhere else. I don't think anyone would even notice or care enough to 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 try to dunk on this. But there would be some Packer fans who would say, I guess it's not for real. Look at, you know, what happened to that great defense. Well, most of the great notes have come from Rashawn Gary, Jaron Reed, Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, Jair, Amos. Um, that's that's pretty much the majority of it. Guys that are having a great camp outside of that, Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slayton have had a lot of really good positive highlights. Uh, Tipa Nalii, not recently, but, you know, aside from the last couple of weeks, was, was completely tearing it up. And then a lot of the DBs have, have had some success. But we can't, just don't rest your hopes on this being a demonstration of how good our defense is. The offensive line, yes, but the defense, no, because this isn't the Packers' defense. This isn't the unit that we're all sitting around saying, man, this could be a top three unit, because this is not a top three unit. Jack Heflin, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, uh, Jonathan Garvin, Tipa Nalii, Quay Walker, Chris Barnes, Rico Gafford, Shamar Jean Charles, Keyshawn Nixon, Vernon Scott, and Sean Davis. That's not a top five defense, you know? So I'm still hopeful for for some exciting things, especially guys that are going to be playing. We know Slayton and Wyatt are going to get some time playing. You know Garvin and, and, and these other pass rushers, Hamilton and whatnot, you know they're going to get some time playing. Um, maybe some of the DBs, but anybody that's actually going to get time, those are the ones I want to see, Quay Walker and whatnot. Craig Andrews says, help figure out who will start on the offensive line and get them more time playing as a unit, given how important coordinating is amongst them. Also, to see Jordan Love's growth, I know it's tough without the first stringers, but if he looks good without him, I'll certainly feel more confident with the first team starters. Yeah, and that is a good thing about, you know, again, this is kind of our starting offensive line, so it will be an opportunity for them to get a little bit more cohesion. Again, I don't know how long they're going to risk putting um, Josh Myers and John Runyon and Royce Newman out there because those are technically our first string. Um, so I'm guessing that'll be a limited period of time, but we, I mean, we're, we're kind of limited on bodies, which is why they're going to be out there for a little while. But um Either way, it'll it'll be a little bit more time for these guys to work together and get that cohesion down. And yeah, I just I'd I'd love to be able to see a little bit of this this love growth. Been hearing a lot about it, but ultimately it's going to come down to bad decisions. If if he he can he can have all his timing down and his footwork down and all that stuff down. If he throws a pick, it doesn't mean anything. It's just the way it is. It's more about consistency than it is highlight real throws. You know, I I go back to Mitch Trubisky, and that that was like I said, I've, I, when I saw Jordan Love, I thought of Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky wasn't a bad quarterback if you look at it from a standpoint of like really good thrower of the football because he had some beautiful passes, especially his deep ball. He'd have some 40-yard passes that were right in the bucket that you'd look at and go, geez, this guy's freaking good. But the thing with Trubisky is you always counted on that, that mental lapse and that throw that you look at and just go, what the heck are you doing? You know, sailing a pass over a guy's head on third and 10 who's wide open 20 yards down the field. I mean, that was an easy completion that he just completely botched it, and now they're punting, you know, or, or driving the ball down the field and, 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 and having a great drive and throwing a pick. It's not that he's bad. It's just that he has, he has consistency problems. Aaron Rodgers is an elite quarterback partially because of, of having really good throws here and there, but it's the lack of really bad decisions. He just doesn't make a lot of them. And, and the severity of those bad decisions and bad throws is, is minimal. Patrick McCain says, um, football in general and no injuries. That's fair. I'm just excited I get to watch a little bit of football and hopefully nobody gets hurt. The next question I asked, who will be the star of preseason? And I'm, I'm going to actually cross-reference this with PFF just for fun, just to kind of see who, 
who got it because it's going to be somebody pretty random, obviously, because it's only random people that are, that are playing. But it's, it's just kind of a fun thing. I mean, if you if you pick a name out of a hat, if you're like, I don't know, man, I think Caleb Jones is going to tear it up and he actually hits, that's, that'd be pretty sweet. But first up, we got Justin Connery says, Yash as my best preseason player. Held his own as a fill-in last season for starters and has been effective, mostly against Rashawn Gary in practice. I think that's a great bet. Not only that, because remember when we looked back, he tore up last preseason too. I mean, so did Royce, so that wouldn't be a terrible bet. I think a lot of these offensive linemen are a good bet because you, you've got the starters there, you know. Um, and again, I don't, I'm not positive these guys are going to be playing. I didn't see their name on the list of, of guys that were in that little huddle, That's which is all I'm really going off of right now. But, um, you know, Runyon, Myers, Royce, and Yash, that's a pretty solid group to, uh, to guess. Aaron Miller says, I'm going to go with Goodson. Talking about Tyler Goodson, I, th- I, think, that's, I think that's fair. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities, and the reports have been pretty solid so far, especially as a runner. I mean, just, just I don't know if he can block at all. I'm not positive. I've heard any reports about him catching passes. Probably have been one or two. I just don't recall. But as a runner, he's been really, really impressive. And if he cracks off just like one 15-yard run, he's got a good shot at having the highest grade because, I mean, that's, that's obviously a big deal. Aaron Nelson says, I'm thinking Jawan Winfrey will be solid. I think that's a good bet. Like I said, he's basically going to be a starting wide receiver. I think it's going to be Winfrey, Dobbs, and Amari. And of that list, I mean, who who does Jordan Love have the most chemistry with? Maybe Amari, but Winfrey does make sense. And, and you know, even Aaron Rodgers has really heaped a lot of praise on him. So I, I think he's a, a really solid wide receiver. So I think that's fair. Goose says, I'm thinking Zach Tom will have a really good grade, similar to Newman last year. Not that that has translated to the regular season. So Goose is all over what I was going to talk about today, and that's a good call. Obviously, I'd be thrilled with that. And I should back you up 100% because, you know, that was my guy back in the day. I got I to gotta ride with him. I, I, I can't give up on him yet. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that one. I don't feel it in my gut, you know, the same way I do about like Yash or some of these other guys. But um, man, that would, be, that would get me so happy. Alexei Shoshnev says, ahem, guys, have you seen Romeo D? A lot of folks on the team will be solid, no doubt, but he beat expectations by a mile. Preseason star for sure. Real simple equation here. Is Romeo going to do what he's done every single time anything has ever happened? (laughs) I mean, if you graded all the camps as well as family night, I think Romeo Dobbs would have had the highest grade at least, what, three or four times? Taj. Sharani says, Quay Walker will live up to the hype. That's my prediction. It's another one that would get me excited. I mean, that's the one that probably should get us the most excited. You know, if if you had to pick somebody, as much as I would love to see Jordan Love do well, Jordan Love is not going to impact 2022. You know, Um, Zach Tom, maybe, Juwan Winfrey, maybe, all these guys. Um, But Quay Walker, we need him to be very good. So I'm, I'm hoping. I really am. Bearded Buck Outdoors says, I'm thinking Goodson or Winfrey. So... Another couple votes on Goodson or Winfrey. Craig Andrews says Tyler Davis lives up to the hype, but that would be that'd be nice because again, up to this point, he really hasn't. Uh, Patrick McCain says WTH. I'll go Jordan Love since he will get most of the reps. And again, I think if he can minimize mistakes and just complete passes, I think he's got a real good shot at it. So who was left off the list that I think is re- so? Again, I think Royce is is. A really good option. He was the preseason star pretty much every week last year. John Runyon, I think, is a phenomenal option. That was not mentioned. Um, Amari is possible, not not mentioned. Josh Myers, if he plays. 
Josiah, Dominique Daphne, I think would be a good option there. He's he's been having a pretty good camp. I think he completely I think he lit up family night. I don't remember. Um no love for Devontae Wyatt makes me sad. I'm surprised about the lack of love for TJ Slayton. He's been a fan favorite like since day one. Not surprised about the lack of love for any of the linebackers outside of Quay because that's never really been a big thing. I guess McDuffie and Summers have had some truthers, but I think at this point that's not really a thing. None of the pass rushers got any love. None of the corners, none of the safeties. Not surprising. I'm just I'm just pointing it out. So we, we left a lot of holes out there for, for people. Let's run through Twitter real quick and see what was out there. Question was, who do you think will have the best performance in the preseason? Uh, Uncle Rico says Dobbs, Quay, and Tom. Just for the record, if you hit on one of those, I'm only giving you one-third of the credit. Oh, and he adds O oh, and love. So <laughs> anybody else you want on there? I said the best performance. If they don't tie, you lose. Uh, David Davis says, Jordan loves time to shine. I love the optimism there. Ashley says, Quay, Wyatt, Dobbs, Jordan Love, SJC, and six foot nine Caleb Jones. So Ashley again with the scatter shot. Uh, Clayton says, Jonathan Garvin. So we got our first bit of love for Garvin. Uh, Packers superfan says, Devontae Wyatt. Jordan Evans, 26. I can say whoever it is will probably be cut because that's how the Packers work. <laughs> Jay Sop says, Jordan Love. Aaron Jones, man, 33 says Ishmael Hyman just to make choosing our seven wide receivers a whole lot harder. That is true. It probably will be something like that. Even if it's not the best overall player, there's going to be one guy that probably shines that's going to get maybe a little bit too much hype, and then there's going to be a huge controversy about what do we do about this information. Danny Davis, Ishmael Hyman, even Ture, if he ends up tearing it up, you know, it's kind of one of those, I just don't think we can put him on the practice squad, but yeah, but I think he can. No, 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 no. Back and forth about that. You know, uh, Akeel Byers. If he ends up getting like two sacks in the game, does he suddenly become that number six defensive tackle? John says Jordan Love. Tyler Boswell says Jordan Love. It's time for him to look good. Donnie says Amari Rogers is going to ball, so I'm glad somebody's got Amari's back. Mike Brown says Jordan Love. JJ says it'll be someone super random like Ladarius Baylor or Vaughn. 1265 Lombardi Avenue says Wyatt and Gafford. I don't think we've heard Gafford yet. Dobbs Hand says Jordan Love for sure, better now than previous years. Double Mang Mang. Says, I'm going with SJC here. Love this college tape and really want him to break out. Joe says, J Love. Javon says, Love. Zach says, Jordan Love. JB12 says, My liver. Danielle says, Matt LaFleur's eyebrows. And then Packers fan says, Dobbs or Ture. So who was left off the list? Because that's who's going to win, I promise you. Nobody said Keyshawn Nixon. Nobody said, I don't think anyone said Razul Douglas. Again, I don't know that he's going to play. He might not. I don't think he was on the list. But that would suck if, if Razul ends up getting two picks in this game and nobody picked them. Uh, Vernon Scott, Sean Davis. I don't know if anyone said, yeah, I think somebody said Gafford. Ennis Gaines, Dallin Levitt, KB Anento, Keandre Thomas, maybe. Tariq Carpenter. I hope so, man. If for no other reason, Carpenter has just not had a good day yet, period. Even if he can just have a great day as a special teamer, that would be nice. I like Tariq Carpenter. You know, seems like a good dude, Packer fan. Um, I I just I, w- I would love for him to be able to make some kind of an impact, um, but again, all of the news has not been great. By the way, nobody really mess- mentioned special teams. So uh, Pat O'Donnell, Gabe Burkick, you never know. Maybe Jack Coco tears it up. I'm tempted to stay true to myself and say Dexter Williams. I'm almost positive that won't happen, but I think that's going to be my pick anyways. I'm going with my man Dexter. Anyways. Um, I, it, it'll just be fun. Again, the, the, the most correct answer here is let's just hope everybody stays healthy. Um, we get to watch Packers football, and that's, that's what matters. So 
You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. Hopefully I'll be seeing you guys tonight at uh, over on YouTube or wherever it is you want to watch. Packernet Podcast on YouTube is where you can find it. I'll be streaming over there. Just come hang out. I'm not going to be streaming the game because I'll end up getting kicked off of YouTube, but you can watch the game and then have me over there on the side just doing whatever it is I'm doing. And we'll just, we'll just chat it up, man. We'll just hang out. Have a good old time. By the way, I've got my, uh, my first ever good luck omen. So we're going we're gonna to try out this new thing. He's a good luck omen. And um, I'm, I'm excited to introduce him to the show. But you guys have yourselves a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.